Welcome back to the Gavel and the Gavel. It's me, Harry, and I am joined by... It's me! It's me! It's me! It's still me! It's always me! It'll always be me. Sorry, Harry. It's Simon from Lime Bay down in lovely Devon. How are you, my friend? I'm all right, mate. Uh, busy week this week. Uh, you and I both getting catalogues ready for another auction. It never ends, does it? This cycle of monthly and um, bi-monthly auctions. The treadmill keeps on running. Yep, but it's all good. Have you got some exciting stuff coming up? I've got some nice jewellery in the run-up to Christmas. I've got a really nice Persian gold jewellery set, necklace, bracelets, earrings and a ring with diamonds and um, sapphires. I've got some very interesting tribal um, stuff. I've got some clubs. I've got nice mm. selection of military swords. And I've got, yeah, I've got a little bit of furniture, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Weirdly, I have to say that a lot of the jobs we had for November have now shifted to December. So we're now fully booked for clearances in oh. December. Um, and then November, the property market was obviously a little bit on the sort of shaky side or people didn't hit their deadlines for exchange or whatever it might be. So we're actually getting, we're actually shaping up to have quite a busy December auction, which wasn't really the plan, but that's going to be good. That's not in the schedule. That's that not wasn't in the, in the schedule. schedule. I was kind of looking for, uh, I was kind of looking forward to a, um, a couple of days off, but that's not going to happen. Oh, I, I um, I, well, with the re- one of the reasons, and I will give her a shout out, is that my sister-in-law is coming over from Australia. She arrives tomorrow for two weeks. Bless her. Tom- it takes forever to fly from Australia, doesn't it? It's like yeah, Tom- forever. Mm. Oh, it just sounds horrific for a large person like me. <laughs> I'd have to go cargo freight. <laughs> give me a couple of mogadons and punch some holes in a big box. And I still couldn't yeah. cope with. It. I just could not do it. There you go. Uh, but she's arriving. So, uh, yeah, so I was going to take some time off, but now I'm not. So what have you been doing? Lying low. That's about <laughs> the best I've got at the moment. I, do you know what I've been doing? I have been looking forward to some of the interviews that you and David have lined up. In particular, we are about to interview the lovely Jessica Wall. Tell us a bit about Jessica, Harry. So she is... She's a dynamic and very bright, very dynamic lady who she's done all the TV stuff. She was Channel 4. She did the auctioneers. She was cash in the attic. She did a um, series of that. They filmed, you know, the usual antiques road trip and stuff um, with her. But she founded uh, her own auction house, Stamford Auction uh, Rooms, at a time when and still, as we keep banging on about, women in the industry founding their own auction houses was hard and i think she'll probably talk about that because she did in chit chat absolutely and really looking forward to talking to her now you know as our listeners know harry and i started windsor auctions we know how tough it is but we are men in a male dominated industry so i am fascinated to know how jessica has managed to build such a magnificent um well-known renowned auction house from scratch we know how hard that is and in this industry. So I, w- I want to know about her, you know, how did she start? First van, biggest sale, that sort of stuff. Ooh, what, all yes. that sort of stuff. What was her biggest sale? Yes. Did she have her Chinese blue vase moment like we did? I don't know. Maybe if you listen to the end of this episode, there might be answers to all of those questions. And there may even be what we've now coined a new phrase. It's called a vase off. Between Harry and Jessica, who will win 
the coveted trophy for a vase off. Chinese vase versus Chinese vase. Which auctioneer made the most money? Let's go speak to Jessica and find out. Well, here we are. We are welcoming Jessica Wall. Hello, Jessica. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the pod. Hello. It's fantastic to be here. Jessica, we're delighted you've taken time out because you are a busy, busy lady. You've got a lot going on. Um, And we're delighted that we've got you on the podcast. Stamford Auction Rooms. Stamford Auction Rooms, a very successful uh, auction house. Jessica, please, for our listeners, I mean, people will know you from Cash in the Attic, from early on, from the auctioneers, from Antiques Road Trip. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Jessica. Tell us how you became uh, an auction house owner. Where did it all start for you? Well, do you know what? That's a really good question because, you know, my intention never really was, you know, when I was younger to have an auction house of my own. Um, But that's where I've ended up. And it's been a really interesting and wonderful journey to get there. Um, I suppose it all started um, really when I was very young and decided to do a furniture restoration apprenticeship. And so I was in a workshop, I was, you know, getting to know antique furniture really well and intimately. And and that kind of was just a real passion of mine. I really enjoyed that. That included art restoration as well. Um, And then once I'd achieved that, I thought, well, you know, I'd like to, to do something and work in a city somewhere. So I went and got an internship at Bonhams in London and they then offered me a job. Heard of them. Yeah, heard of them. <laughs> small, 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 small London teeny, operation. Teeny, Worldwide thing. Teeny weeny. Yeah. I think they're doing okay, aren't they? They're muddling yeah. along. Not as yeah. much fun okay, as a so... regional auction house, but, no, you know, whatever. No, no. Stanford, <laughs> Windsor, Lime Bay, for example, I would suggest. But anyway, sorry, Jessica, I interrupted. Apologies. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was good fun at the time. And I, I was a porter, so I didn't have, you know, that much responsibility on my shoulders. So I can tell you a lot of fun was had then. And that really, you know, gave me the foundation for going forward um, you know having that on my CV at the time I suppose allowed me um, to get jobs in different auction houses up and down the UK which I did and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed each and every one of them in different ways and I guess from each one of those experiences I gained something uh, first of all knowledge experience but also how not to run an auction house and also how to run an auction house. What well, you know, the, the really good things that work because each of those provincial auction houses had their own idea and own way of doing things, as you will know. Eventually, it was kind of natural progression into then thinking, right, have I now got enough experience? Have I actually got enough balls? And have I really, you know, got the business side of my brain good enough to to kind of to, to go there and do this big thing and one day I sold my car I thought right I've got some money now and I went and did it and I started off really small I think at the time a lot of people thought oh she's you know she's never gonna make it or good for her for trying you know <laughs> being a woman as well really it wasn't kind of an easy thing to do or an easy decision to make and set out on my own. Can I so, Can I just, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt Jessica, but we're fascinated yeah. by this because on yeah. our pod, we are big thing on the podcast. And I know this is weird for two middle-aged men, but our big thing is, and we work for our wives, weirdly. Right. So we are the auctioneers at the front of our business, but our wives are the driving force and behind the scenes are, you know, keeping the whole thing afloat while we hmm. do the sort of, 
shouting and valuations and stuff. And we're massive advocates of women in our trade. And we want, mm. and so you genuinely did feel that people went, actually, she's a woman. It's probably not going to, it's not going to work. Or did you feel you yeah. genuinely, felt, that's awful. Yeah. Oh, and, it was, I think that was one of the hardest things, actually. Really? I think a lot of people felt like they could intimidate me because sometimes, you know, you have to deal with quite tricky situations in auction houses and that that kind of was something. But I just, because it's not that familiar to people, you know, a woman owning an auction house, I just didn't think, think there was belief there, you know. Really? I, I think even some of people that knew me really well probably thought, well, she's going to give it a good go, but... I'm not sure how far she'll get. And it was hard at the beginning sometimes to feel as though I've been taken seriously. And being a woman, but also being quite small as well, I'm only like, I'm not even five foot tall. And so that was often um, a thing. If I turned up at someone's house to do a collection, for example, because I had to do everything at the time as well. You know, it wasn't like I'd had three porters ready to go and lift stuff. I'd turn up and I'd, you know, be lugging a massive piece of furniture out of a room and people would be like, amazed that you know I could do that sort of thing so I guess I just had to ignore all of that and carry on with what I thought I was doing in in the right way and and just stick to my principles and stick to 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 how I felt as though the business would go because of course everyone wanted to give me advice but you have to be really confident within yourself to know that what you're doing is the right thing and how you want to run your business is the right way for you. And it seems to have worked. <laughs> I, well, seems to have. Uh, I was about to say, thank goodness you've been able to uh, prove all the uh, helpful people offering advice completely wrong and that you've um, aced it, basically, haven't you? So, you know, yeah. but we're, it, it's which what we're trying to do is get the message out. And I'm sure you would advocate this, that it's a great business to be in and mm. there are lots of there are now a growing number of really interesting knowledgeable intelligent forward thinking women within the within but there still aren't uh, within the trade but there still aren't enough and yeah. that's what we're trying to say is you know give it a go because it's a real it's a really good industry and you you are one of the sort of you know shining lights to say i did it with hard work and a lot of people mm. being a pain in the neck but mm. here i am and i've done bleeding well yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say I think you have to find your place within an auction house as well. Like some people might not like the auctioneering side, um, but they might like, you know, sitting and cataloguing. And I suppose if you get to an auction house where you've got the opportunity to do that as well, then there are options. You don't necessarily have to, to do one section of it. Or, you know, for example, I'm looking for someone that would just want to do portering and cataloguing at the moment you know not necessarily we don't need another auctioneer but obviously that that part we need to fill so there are lots of different positions with with auction houses as well um that uh might suit someone equally as being an auctioneer so yeah it's really varied that's what's good about auction houses isn't it yeah exactly right yeah indeed and and we can we can empathize to a degree in that harry and i started windsor auctions from nothing in it so and we have mm. we have experience as well because we then bought lime bay auctions which was an auction house right. that had been going for 40 years so we can see and i tell you what i know full well and harry would agree with me here that starting from scratch as as you did is by far the hardest way to do it so if you take mm. us back to when when you started the you sold the car 
He had a little yeah. bit of money. I, that's about, um, that's about I, getting my, I love that. I love, I love that. that. Where did you see finance came from? I bought a bike and got rid of my car. <laughs> yeah. No, do you know what? I bought a transit van um, yes. and I, I found it on eBay. It was £2,000 at the time. I only had I only had a little budget of £10,000 to get me kick-started when I sold the car. I bought that transit van and I got it sign written and then I leased a premises uh, which was a really small premises in a village called Little Bytham, which I actually live quite close to now. And that was it. And I was like, oh, my God, I've just got to go for it. How long ago was this, Jessica? Uh, about eight years ago now. It's eight about eight years. years ago. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so so, so you've got a tiny bit of cabin. You've got the, the van. You've got the yes. premises. Where do you go from there? Because now we're talking big blank canvas and scary cliffs, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, luckily, you know, along the way, I've made lots of friends and um, I've got lots of contacts, um, you know, particularly from, uh, you know, the local area as well, because you have to think you have, that's where you have to start. You have to start with what's closest to you. And so, you know, every time I'd get, you know, I'd be like, oh, my God, today I'm going to get a call. And, you know, eventually I did get a call, but not without hard graft. So I always thought when I was out and about, you know I made some flyers for myself so whenever I went on a call I was like right every time I go somewhere I'm going to flyer the whole village and that's how basic it was at the start because I didn't have the means to do anything else and it was just sheer determination and graft just to get those calls in which eventually they started doing and what I've always been very proud of is building a reputation for doing the best possible job for the clients and I think that travels you know and that's been my saving grace really I think that's what's really helped me build such a a strong foundation of a business because I've I've always tried to, to 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 promote that and keep my clients happy because word of mouth is so important Absolutely. Do you remember your first auction? I'm, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do. And do you know what? It was the first time I'd ever done a, an auction. Like the first time I'd ever auctioneered. The first time you'd auctioneered? So, yeah. The, the first time you got up on the rostrum at your own yeah. auction house was the first time you'd ever done it? Yes. Okay, so yes. Jessica's Jessica's completely out of her mind. Oh. That's great, and she's insane. <laughs> uh, to be fa- hang on, Harry. To be fair, Windsor Auctions first auction exactly the same for you. So let's not. Yeah, I know, but mm. I'm just. Yeah, I didn't want to mention that. But yeah, yeah. Jessica and I are in a in a gang together. We are the first yeah. time. I my first proper auction was when I stood up in my own auction house. Must be out of my mind. But yeah, yeah, it's scary, terrifying, terrifying. You were terrified. The day oh. the day was the day was upon you. Come on, talk us through that. Well, the day was upon me. I was absolutely crapping myself, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, <laughs> it was horrendous. I got up and of course, because I don't know whether the interest was because they wanted to see how whether I'd sink or swim that day, but the sale room was packed. I've never seen such a full sale room in my whole life. And every every, every just everyone had turned up and I was like, oh my god. God, um, and the adrenaline's running, and I, I, I said, "Well, literally, it is sink or swim." And I thought, "Well, no one else is going to do it for me." Just like everything else that I've ever had to do, it's like no one else is going to do it for me. I've got to do it. And lot number one comes along, and it was a really fantastic, lovely uh, Worcester tea service. 
And could I get a bid? Could I? I couldn't even get a £5 bid. <laughs> no! Oh, it was horrendous. And I think someone took pity on me and <laughs> just bid for it. Bid for it. And eventually I got up to 20 quid. And it wasn't a good start. So it didn't, you know, it didn't fill me with confidence, let's let's say. Um, but, you know, thankfully, uh, all of my buyers and things have stuck with me. And, and you know, eventually, um, I feel as though I've become a, a competent auctioneer um, that has fun on the rostrum. And I thoroughly enjoy it now. And that's, yeah. I, I've got, and some of the people who were at your first auction, are they still with you now? Buyer-wise, in the room, you've, you've uh, still got yeah. a few. Yeah, we still have the same clients. Yeah, that still that still buy. Um, uh, you know, some haven't. Some have come and gone. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's still still people that follow. And in fact, in the village, um, I've now become very good friend friends with um, a couple of people, Angie and Dunk. They won't mind me um, mentioning them. Who eventually uh, became witnesses at my wedding last year. So, um, so yeah, it's lovely that you know you make friends along the way as well. They're not just you know clients necessarily. There's a lot of friends I've made too. It's well, we're such a welcoming industry, aren't we? That we're by our very nature that we. Uh, yes. There are some clients, I'm sure, that we all share. That we, you know, wouldn't be a witness at my wedding. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, but they, um, could be but a there, are others, something. there are others that you're quite happy to sit and have a cup of tea with and talk about something completely different than antiques. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How lovely. So, Jessica, you get the first auction out of the way. Uh, yes. You're, you're now an auction house, but I don't know. I'm not talking for you. I know our first auction. We got through it, Harry, didn't we? We got through it. Didn't exactly, <laughs> didn't exactly cover us with gold and silver and jewellery. No, no, exactly. no, 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 no. I, I tell you what's even funnier. My dearly departed mother was our security on the door that day. <laughs> your your dearly departed mother, Harry, dressed up in a twin set and pearls yeah, and was... stood out on a Windsor High Street with a clipboard going, you lot, get in there, you lot, get in there, you lot, get in there. She was brilliant, absolutely oh, brilliant. Dear. It's so Love funny. That. And, and Love I, don't, that. I don't know what your experience was, but, you know, at the end of the auction, our first auction, Harry, we, we looked at it and we, we went, okay, we've done it. Well, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, money wise, <laughs> still, so, still a bit poor. Well, very little, poor at that point. A little bit shy on the rent money. Anyway, we'll keep going. So, and how did it then transpire for you? Because I'm looking at Stanford Auction Rooms now, and I can see what a powerhouse it is now. So, I am fascinated to know how you took it from that first auction to where you are today. Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. I think again, it's it's learning. Every, every every sale that I had, I probably still do, I learn something. And so just things kind of developed, you know, I had to improve things like photography and, you know, I learned how to do lovely photographs and, um, you know, I'd learn simpler ways of doing things to reduce my time and workload. Um, it would be really simple things. Um but every time I would learn a valuable lesson, whether that's how to deal with a certain thing or, you know, how to send out post-sale advices quicker. Just there was just always something that I had to, to, to learn and put into practice. 
And do you think, was there, can you remember the point where maybe you you sold something particularly expensive or you had a particularly wonderful sale or a particularly, was there a uh, a tipping point, as it were, when, yes. you, when, when you kind of thought, okay, I can do this, we're over, you know, we're, there, we're getting there? Yeah, there absolutely was. Um, now, I'd sold some things for a client of mine from Market Harbour, a really lovely lady. Um, I'd gone to her house and we'd got on really well. We'd sold some lovely things for her and, you know, obviously done a good service. Um, And she called me out of the blue one day and said, look, I've got um, a friend of mine's died and I'd really appreciate it if you came out and had a look. I'm the executive of the estate. So I went over to Desborough near Market Harbour and um, I went into this property and I was like, wow, this, this is, this is some good stuff. And it wasn't like the usual stuff that I dealt with before. It was all mid-century. Um, and he, uh, he happened to be, um, an illustrator and an architect and his name was Ken Kirkwood and he was very well renowned. And I said, look, yes, I would absolutely love to do the entire, clearance of the property for you and sell the contents as a private collection because I think it would do really well and thankfully she agreed for me to do it and that sale was extraordinary um it it did very very well and that that sale is what put me on the map that sale made me enough money to continue and continue and improve and I've got his black and white photograph behind my desk and I've had it there ever since that sale. And he's with me all the time. Oh, that and is so fantastic. I, even though he's not with us today, I, you know, I appreciate him so much because he's given me my business, really. How far in was it? Was that a year in, two years in or? That was about two and a half, maybe three years in, two and a half years in, I think. Wow. Yeah. And that, that's what's so impressive. When I when we talk to somebody like yourself who has built this auction and people say, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky to have an auction room. Really? <laughs> Jessica, two and a half, three years <laughs> of graft, sweat, doubts, yeah. fears, yeah. you know, yeah. a, am I burning my, you know, my future, my money, mm. you know, two mm. and a, you stuck with it and then guess what? The sales gods rewarded you for all that hard work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what you always wait for, you know, as an auctioneer. You're always waiting for the next really exciting call and or the next big hit or the next surprise or the thing that you find in the property that you think, oh my God, this could be good. And that it is. And you're yes. like, oh. And so that's what I just love, 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 love about what I do is that it's so unpredictable and it's so exciting and you know something's just around the corner. Always. That's that's the drug, isn't it, Jessica? That yes. is the drug. But that's why Jessica does well because you've just said, when we've interviewed other people, they don't say, oh, it's I know it's just around the corner, but that's what you just said. I know the next call's just around the corner. It will Absolutely. happen. And that's your positivity. Whereas other people go, do you know what? I've got to run 400 adverts. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You just know because of your hard work, that it will come. It may not be every house call that you go to. We've all been on hundreds of house calls and they're not all amazing. They're a working profit, but they're not great. But there is always that, you know, Mr. Kirkwood is going to pop up again and it probably oh, yeah. has done over your career. So yeah, it, I, yeah I, that's why I love it. You get a real buzz, don't you? And you go out on every call you can because mm. it, that just may be the one. 
Yeah. And um, I don't know whether you guys get this, but um, some calls that I go on, I just get real spidey sense about things. I don't know whether you've had that. And, you know, there's lots of things that I've found inadvertently because I just, I think I just go that extra mile. Like, you know, if I go to someone's property, um, I'll, I think you have to be really sensitive to the situation because some situations are difficult and someone may have passed away. Um, but I think you have to show people that you're willing to go the extra mile as well. And I'll always remember a house in Peterborough that I went to, really inconspicuous kind of terrace property. And um, as soon as I went in there, I thought, the jewellery box. And anyway, the lady showed me around and nothing was mentioned about any jewellery at all. And um, we'd gone into all the different rooms and there was lots of cabinets full of ornaments and things. And, you know, I explained about how I would probably sell those for them and um, all the rest of it. And um, I said, uh, do you want to show me into the bedroom area? And she was like, yeah, she said, there's nothing in here, though. It's, you know, I've taken all the clothes out and everything. There's just, you know, a few bits of furniture. And I said, I said, would you mind, I know this sounds really weird, but would you mind if I look through that blanket box there at the foot of the bed? She's like, well, there's just blankets in there. I said, I know, but can I just please um, have a look? So carefully, I took away the layers and in between all of the blankets was a box of jewellery. And she was like, oh, my God, how did you know that was in there? I said, I've got no idea. But as soon as I set foot in the house, I thought jewellery box and I, and I sold all of the jewellery. She was so amazed. She said, just take it today, take it today. I sold all of the jewellery and made probably about £2,500 for them. And she was delighted. So like weird things like that happen as well, which you just can't explain, really. No, and we need you to work for us if you're walking yeah. around finding jewellery. What? <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. I, hang on, hang on, uh, Harry. Wait, no, wait, Jessica, Jessica's coming to work with me no, in no. Devon. Devon. <laughs> you want to be in Devon, not Windsor. Yeah. Devon. Yeah. Pick, pick a county. We're, we're all in. <laughs> you don't have to do any work. You just have to walk in the house, find the expensive yeah. stuff, and then leave. Um, that's brilliant. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and you make you make a point there as well, which I always think is is hugely important. And we get it a lot in Devon. Never judge an appointment by the house that you're turning up to. That is a huge no. mistake. I have turned up to country piles with nothing, and yeah. little tiny semi-detached bungalow rampacked with you know delights treasures and all the rest of it you simply cannot say i'm not going on that appointment because it's on it, it's in that part of the town that's yeah you never never know do you so you have to keep those spider senses on all the time 100 percent, 100 uh thinking about that there was another call that i had uh this was out in corby and um he had rang two different auction houses who refused to go out and see him um, because of the location. Wow. And Oh, what, because he didn't have the right address? Yeah. Oh, that's I won't say where I won't say where it was, but um, I, I know what they will have been thinking. Um, and I was like, yeah, of course I'll come out and see, you know, your, your porcelain collection. When I got there, my God, I've never seen so much just lovely quality Things like Moorcroft, Ladro. I mean, it's, it's your, you know, your, your stand, standard things, but it was a huge collection. 
And I probably made about 10, 12,000 pounds for him. So, and I thought, more fool you, those are the auction mm-hmm. houses that didn't want to go to that address. Yeah, and I felt really sorry for him when he called. He was quite upset that they'd poo-pooed yeah, him sort of thing. Yeah, I bet. And actually, that is the point as well, the bit, and I think I've picked up on this from your profile, Jessica, when um, doing a bit of research. Believe it or not, we do, honestly promise um but you make the point that harry and i make which is that was an outright lie go on (laughs) i really truly did but you make the really good book which we we absolutely share wholeheartedly which is the lovely thing about this job is that the vendor and the auctioneer we're on the same side we are here to make we're going to take a percentage our percentage looks a lot better on 10 grand than two or 100. So we're on the same team. And that's what's yes. nice compared to some others we could mention. But I know that you've said <laughs> that. You've got that in print as well. Absolutely. And it's so important. And I say it time and time again to people. We are on the same team. I am working for you. The more money you make, the more money I make. So exactly. there's an incentive there. And a lot of people hadn't, uh, or don't even think about that. But that's extremely important because that's when you're going to achieve the most amount of money, if, you know, for anything. So, you know. You know, when we're looking at jewellery, for example, and people say to us, well, I could take this down the jewellers and they'll give me 10% below scrap. Yeah, they will. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to market this to the world via the internet. And if we can triple your money, quadruple your money, we will. And at the end of the day, if you only get scrap, well, the market has spoken, but we're all on the same side at maximizing the return, either for you as an individual or for the estate or whatever it may be. And that comes yeah. across loud and clear in your philosophy at uh, Stanford Auction Rooms. Yeah, absolutely. With that in mind, it's 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 everything. I suppose it's not just jewellery and things like that. I think people think, oh, you know, the, the the call that I don't like to get is when they 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 call and they say, oh, well, we've cleared out most of the house and there's just a few things left. And it's like, yes. Oh no! So the other yes. thing, yes. Uh, apart from that, which is a really great point, um, is call us first, please. You know and. You know, if if you want to talk to other auction houses, get the different opinions, and that's fine. But don't start chucking things away before I've come out and had a look and checked for you, and um, because you know, once it's gone, it's gone. Absolutely, exactly. And the general public's perception sometimes, because fashions change. This is what I keep saying to people: what you think is valuable or was valuable has changed. And when you go into a yeah. full house, we can advise you on what is currently doing well, not just what you think because granny told you it was worth a fortune and no disrespect to granny, but like times have moved on. So, you know, her canteen of cutlery may not quite be what, you know, we all thought it was. <laughs> God bless her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love a bit of granny folklore. <laughs> Jessica, I mean, you started out um, with the, um, the, the fine art and furniture restoration, the, the apprenticeship, didn't you? That's where it all kicked off for you. So I'm really interested yeah. to know, you know, um, at the current time, and to be fair, over the last four or five years, we've had this, uh, this narrative running through everything, brown furniture um, and, you know, antiques and not making the money and all the rest of it. With your knowledge and experience of furniture, where do you feel we're at and where do you feel we're going with regards to antiques, antique furniture in in particular? When 
I first started, obviously, the market was very different. So this is going back 25 years. So the market has changed really, you know, dramatically since then. Um, you know, I remember a real passion of mine was early English oak furniture. And that was selling for thousands and thousands of pounds at the time. Um, obviously, that's now changed. But um, I think it's about pieces, choice pieces. So we still get really, really good results on furniture if it's the right sort of thing. If it's a generic Victorian chest of drawers that's a bit battered, then you're not going to get a lot for it. And Victorian furniture, certain types of Victorian furniture aren't doing very well. But there is plenty of other furniture, beautiful pieces that are still selling exceptionally well. Um, and so to to, to use the term brown furniture and to group everything into one isn't a fair a fair sort of realisation of what's going on in the market. Um, so I think it just depends on what it is. It just depends. So when people come in and say, well, I've got, I've got um, you know, a, a chest of drawers, it's mahogany, you know, I'm not sure how much you think it's worth. I said, well, send me a photograph because without seeing it, it could be it could be a Victorian, it could be Edwardian, you could have a William Mary oyster veneered one for all I know. Um, and that's going to make a huge difference in, in the value. So I think buying furniture, if you're going that way forward, I think you just have to be a bit discerning and you have to pick the, the right sort of pieces and small pieces because they tend to sell better. Big, huge, you know, sideboards, Victorian sideboards, they're hard to shift, but a lovely little sort of, you know, walnut chest of drawers yeah, will do yeah. it very well. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Let's not lump it all together as brown furniture and write the whole lot off because that's just yeah. it's just not right. And it's beautiful and it's well-made and it will last another 150 years if you look after it, unlike most of the modern stuff you might buy from a well-known overseas store. Yeah, absolutely. And antiques are green. So I promote antiques are green. You know, it's it's really important. We are sort of, um, well, pioneers really in, in the sort of uh, recycling industry, aren't we? Because that's what mm. we do. Yes. You know, uh, we're very, a very green company, really. Um, and it's just wonderful to see things go from one family to another and to have new life, you know, with all of the objects. That's what we're doing, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Harry's going to ask you about your television career. I will step out at this point because it, it upsets me. <laughs> so there is a reason for the reason for this is that um and we have to say this every episode is that simon um uh did have i have a face for radio frankly but simon um has a face for tv and was um did a pilot Apparently not that was doing a pilot and unfortunately didn't get picked up whereas oh yes you, we, on the other we, hand we, jessica. But jessica we bring this up every podcast when we interview somebody who's been on the tv in order to torture him so congratulations <laughs> you've appeared on um you were on channel four's the auctioneers weren't you big big role was, there yeah uh, you've um antiques road trip have been to the auction house to uh, film and of course cash in the attic so um, just to qualify that, that's um, three, at least three shows, Simon. I can count, Harry. <laughs> Thank you. So how did Cash in the Attic, how did that come about? Tell us, Jessica. Do you know what? All of the, all of the things that I've done for television, I haven't sought out. Um, I've been approached 
You're not and helping so, here, Jessica. Jessica, you are not I'm helping. Sorry. You are not I'm helping. Sorry. How are you? So they just fell into your yeah, lap, Jessica. Yeah, they just That's rang me great. up and gave me a series. That's how it works, isn't it, Jessica? Well, well, <laughs> look, <laughs> I, pr- I probably, I don't really remember the the um, the auctioneers uh, for Channel Four. I don't remember that process, but I'm sure I did a couple of interviews um, and. So um, there must have been an interview process for it, but I didn't actively go and find that role. And I was just lucky enough to get it. I think, Jessica, you're being nice to Simon. Look, (laughs) I probably am. In fairness to you, Simon, um, obviously at that time as well, there was probably less female auctioneers and auction house owners. Um, So, you know, finding one um, was probably, you know, a bit difficult. So maybe that was in my favour. Did you enjoy it, Jessica? Was it good? How was oh, the experience? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was thoroughly brilliant. And the chaps that I worked with, so there were on the auctioneers, for example, um, there were four different auctioneers in different ways. So Johnny Gould is a celebrity um, auctioneer. Does lots of different wonderful things for charities and and you know makes charities millions of pounds he um, he is very very i've been to a few of his auctions and you feel yeah. like you just want to give him all the money in your pocket y- yes you do hang on, he's hang he's, on hang on just oh. hello the cat hey spooks oh, we're loving hello. the cat the cat has just wandered into shot <laughs> as off, if to off, say she's... off air everybody we met a fantastic dog called mouse M- mouse mousey mousey moodle she's very famous as well everyone loves her they watch um the auction on auction day and, and they love to see her jump up behind me and bark occasionally when I'm trying to bid so well well there we go we've met but now we've got now. in shot and david no doubt you'll clip this up Spooks. because we all love a cat spooks the cat so we, inter- we interrupted Spooky. you with your um how you um, just aced being on TV with um, all these people on the auctioneers. Tell us, you'd got to watch Yeah, it so, and then um, there a couple of other auction, uh, auction house owners um, as well on that programme. And it was just really good fun. You know, it was, uh, it was, it was more of a sort of game showy kind of concept, that one. Um, and it didn't really get off the ground. We did the pilot for it and did get, didn't get off the ground. But Cash in the Attic, um, was obviously an epic thing that we did. And that was filmed over the course of a year. So it, was, it took up a lot of time. It wasn't easy to kind of fit all that in. So, um, and there's a lot of traveling in it, of course, as well. So it's not all glamour. There's a lot of travel and, you know, staying in. Um, Real top end <laughs> hotels, are there, Jessica? Weird and wonderful, I would say. Weird and wonderful. Um, <laughs> and interesting. And so... But it was it was it was really great, a really great team, really great uh, crew, and they made the whole process absolutely wonderful, really easy. And of course, Jules Hudson and um, uh, Chris Kamara, Cami, were just dream to work with. They were just fabulous people. What was your best find on there? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, the the most surprising find for the client. That were you know the the lady that we went to see, I forget her name now unfortunately, but uh, it was over in Cardiff and uh, in her house she had you know lots of kind of mid range things, but there was a beautiful little blue and white Chinese vase on the side, and I like my Chinese vases. 
I've done well with a few in the past. I don't know whether you've noticed that. But um, so I saw that and I was like, I really like this. Um, I put it through 70 to 100 pounds, but I think it's got, you know, I think it's got legs. I think this will fly on the auction day. And it did. It made about 380 pounds. So for her, that was a lot of money at the time. She really needed it to, for what she wanted to do. And so that was quite exciting. Um, yeah, that was that was probably, probably the best little sort of find, I guess. Yeah. Well, come on then, Harry. Are you going to have an, uh, a Chinese vase off? Oh with no, Jessica. I, I know that. I know Ooh. that Jessica. I know that Jessica's uh, blue white vase is better than ours. Oh, did it? I don't yeah. know. Come on. Uh, I did my research what too. What was yours? What was well, yours? We, when Simon and I started out, uh, um, a lady, and she doesn't mind me telling this story because I tell it all the time, particularly when I'm doing yeah. this. It's a good job she doesn't mind. Yeah. Bit, it's very, yeah, because I've well, I live off it. But basically, young lady brought in um, a boot full of stuff, all of which was not particularly valuable was it simon um, um, but tucked in the corner was an eight inch blue and white vase and we will confess and we confessed to her that we thought it was good but we weren't sure where it was going to sit in the market so she said well we'll try to 800 to 1200 pounds we said and let's see what happens and it took 10 minutes to get to thirty-five thousand, and it took 38 seconds to get to fifty-eight thousand pounds after that and then we rang her She'd consigned two things, a packet of marbles, <gasps> a packet of marbles and um, for Victorian marbles and this vase. And she, we said to her, are you sitting down? Um, you know, you've done yeah. all right. And, she, and the money was important. Not it, was for, yeah. it was for father's it was, care. For, yeah, for was, her father's was, the money, care. The money was very, very important. Mm. And um, it was going to make a marked difference in, in their lives. And uh, are you sitting down? And then we told her the figure, and then she went. There was silence. She goes, "But the marbles. I really was really hopeful for the marbles. How did the marbles go?" And we went, "No, no, hold no, on, hang on, on. <laughs> hang on. You haven't listened. You haven't listened to a word we've just said." <laughs> and oh she went, "No, no, no. I wasn't really listening. So the vase sold. That's great." And we went, "No, but it sold for fifty-five thousand or whatever it was." And she went, "Oh." And oh. then there was this long pause. <laughs> T- tell I us, love tell that. us yours, Jessica. Tell us yours. I love that. Well, do you know what? It's so nice when you ring the client, isn't it? I mean, that's the best bit ever. Um, so, yeah, we had – it was um, a house – part house clearance, not a full house clearance or anything. There were quite a few things to take. Um, and it was mixed. It wasn't, you know, just Chinese items. It wasn't a collection of or anything like that. It, and it was just this really inconspicuous, you know, celadon-type vase, uh, bowl. And um, I thought it was quite nice because I put five to eight hundred on it, so I, I kind of rated it. But it started to creep up fairly quickly. Um, we had two telephone bids on it, and we had um, the internet just going wild. And we got up to twenty two, twenty four, twenty six thousand, and I was like, I was looking at everyone, and and David, um, who's one of my um, online platform bidder people. I don't know what you call them, administrators, um, that he he started videoing it. And he was like, what, with his camera, like, oh, my God. And it got to 120,000. And and then I start to get a bit, you know, I don't start you? to think, this is, this is. <laughs> anyway, I kept, when I watched the video back, I was like, how, how did I keep so calm? Anyway, it kept going up and kept going up and it got to like 250,000. And, and I was like, right, can we change the increments, please? Let's go up in 20s. And David was like, I don't know how. And so, so we had to, so it, it was this really long process. It took absolutely ages. And eventually I put the hammer down at 320,000. Wow. 
That yeah. is fantastic. Well, well done. Which, which is why I didn't want a vase. It makes me feel off. sweaty just thinking about oh, it. But <laughs> Jessica, the feeling while it's going up, and that you know, yeah. you were saying the first auction you ever did, and you were stepped on, and yeah. you know, it was your Worcester tea set, and you couldn't get a fiver for it, and then a number of years down the line, you're going. Yeah. That's three hundred thousand. Uh, three ten. Do I hear three ten or however you auctioneer? And then you're yeah. putting the. You're just like, how on earth has this happened? And it is yeah. all down to your positive attitude and hard work, you yeah. know, and being yeah. out there and putting yourself out there and going on the calls that nobody else really wanted and showing yeah. people that that's how to make you know. So and it's though, and then you treasure those moments even more, don't you? You just go, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I've got this. I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing. Absolutely. And I think it, it, it just it just reassures you, you know, it makes you think, God, you know, those times that you've, you know, thought, can I carry on with this? Can I do this? You know, and mainly in the early days, I mean, sometimes still it's hard work. It's a hard, hard job, you know, especially when you're running a business, you've got lots of different hats to wear all the time and it's not easy, you know. Um, and so, yeah, times like that, you just think, oh, I can, you know, I can succeed. I can do this. I, you know, I'm doing well because very rarely do I ever give myself a pat on the back. I think, I think maybe you know, that's what drives me forward because I'm always wanting to find the next thing and do the next thing. You know, I never get complacent. Um, and so I might have just gone. I think I probably had a bottle of champagne that night or something like that, you know, and then move on, you know, because I think if you stand still and get complacent, that's when you miss those things going forward and those little little magical moments like that. But um, they are the ones that keep us hooked, aren't well, they? Well, I, yeah. I will tell you now, Jessica, that what we did with our commission is that our stories are, are, are two confirmed. So Simon and I and yours starting a very similar. We started life with Simon putting his um, a few pounds and not a few, not a, we didn't have loads of money into Monty van. That was Monty. our first Monty, um, the white van <laughs> knackered transit. So that's, Yay! yeah. So we, we are very genuinely, very similar. Very and similar. Mine was and, called trigger. A trigger. <laughs> there you go. So we Brilliant. have Monty, Monty, Mon- van. We had Monty van, um, yes. that Simon and I look back on with huge affection, huge affection. And then we used our commission to upgrade Monty because Monty was on his last legs. So that's yeah. that's what happened was that we used that money to mean that we could do bigger house clearances and or more efficiently and all the rest of it. And that's what we did. But yeah, we had Monty Van and he saw us through oh. absolute carnage, that van. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we sat it's... next to each other going, What have what we, are done? we done? <laughs> Yeah, that is so funny because that's exactly how I felt about that. I, you know, so I was so sad to see it go in the end. Yeah. It had been through so much. And, you know, the clearances that I had to do in this transit, you know, up and down, there's no tail lift. Yeah. Because um, we upgraded then to one with a tail lift, which is saving grace, you know, and in the heat as well, because it was all enclosed. And, you know, in the winter, you know, the, the drips of water coming off the transit and you think, oh, God, this is a nightmare. So, <laughs> but I loved that van. Um, but the one thing that I will remember most about that van is one day, um, my, my, I've got another dog, not Mouse, that you've met earlier, um, but I've got another dog, a spaniel called Badger. 
and um, he loves to sit in vehicles, whatever vehicle that might be, and he loved the transit. So he'd just go and sit in the front of the transit. And one day I was, I had to go on a call, and I was like, right, off I go. And opened the door, and I have never ever in my life seen or smelt anything quite like it. He had exploded oh, in the no. front cab of the transit van. It was covered head to toe, including himself. And I had to go on a call. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what am I going to do? And anyway, uh, long story short, I had to go and take it to be cleaned and I did can- cancel the call. But um, yeah, so many memories with that van. <laughs> so similar. Our our van is our van sat in Kempton. We tell the story when we took we took house clearance stuff, which we couldn't auction to Kempton to clear. You know the Sunbury Antiques Market, and we always tell the story that um, two girls we couldn't even give stuff away. We gave some things to two young ladies who were starting out, and they walked it back and said, "We don't want to carry this around, and we don't even want it for free." And that's what they did to us. And we were sat in the back of Monty Van going, we really are even, in the wrong. What have we, we done wrong? We, we, can't, we can't even give this stuff we away. We can't even give away a standard lamp. We she cannot literally, even give it away. She literally no. walked it back and said, no, no, I don't no, want it. Thank, well, no, thanks, but no thanks. We were just like, okay, we need to change careers again. We've got this horribly wrong. Oh, my goodness. Terrible. Oh, my goodness. I hate to say this, Jessica, but as with all wonderful podcasts and wonderful podcast guests it goes too quickly i could talk to you we could talk to you for hours without a shadow of a doubt an hour already oh my goodness i know we're a right bunch of chatterboxes aren't we oh we we are (laughs) can i ask you though before we wrap this up i think harry and i are absolutely trying to champion the industry and women in our industry and you are a champion and so it it is a wonderful industry to be in but what I what we need is your perspective and your advice to anybody out there male or female uh, who wants to get because you've done it you've done it the hard way We, we can we can hear that and All anybody's got to do is look at Stamford auction rooms and your catalogues and your past catalogues and the jobs that you do and the work that you produce to know that you have become a phenomenal success. So can you share some words of wisdom to anybody out there who is looking to build their own empire as you have done? Thank you very much for saying that. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, Look, you've got to expect to work hard and graft for it thing if you expect things to come to you then don't don't even begin you know it will not come to you you have to work for it and appreciate that everything that we deal with on day to day belongs to someone um, you have to understand that each object it's not just an object it's belonged to someone or belongs to someone and to them it means something um, and so I think if you can go go along with that in your kind of in your heart when you're dealing with clients and you're dealing with customers, then um, I think you'll go a long way. And if you want to be an auctioneer, well, I mean that's something a bit different. I think you just need to be confident and don't try and copy what other people are doing. You know, create your own personality on the rostrum because that's when you'll thrive. Don't try and imitate someone else. Be yourself. And I think, you know, if you are like that, even in business as well, if you are your authentic self, people appreciate that and they can relate to it. Bravo. 
Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. You can tell that was good because for the first time ever, Simon and I both shut up. <laughs> it's just a lot of nodding going, we like that. That's yeah, I like that. that that's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Jessica, thank you so, so much for coming on the pod. We have thoroughly enjoyed it. I think you're you're an inspiration, well, certainly to Harry and I and hopefully to many, many people that are listening to, to us. Absolutely. And- Absolutely. We wish you continued and greater success in the future. And uh, hopefully you'll come back and see us again, because I think we'd love that, wouldn't we, Harry? We would. Thank you so much, Jessica. Oh, no, thank you, guys. It's been absolutely wonderful. And like I said, it could have, could have chatted to you for ages. We'll do it another time, definitely. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, I lost that vase <laughs> off, didn't I? Oh, Harry. Yes. Um, gotta say, Jessica kicked your butt. Yeah. About, uh, what is that? Six or seven uh, times over. Quite a lot. She did. I have to say, what a wonderful guest. What a lovely lady. Um, and my hat is off to her. She is, well, quite frankly, a legend. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And as we say, have said a million times before, you know when you've got a great guest, um, a re- an interesting, dynamic uh, exciting storyteller and just she's just brilliant absolutely brilliant because the time flew by I feel like we've done four or five minutes um, and yeah the hour's gone so ugh, I thought Jessica was wonderful what did you think mate I, well I echo all of that she great fun the parallels worryingly between yes. the starting of our two businesses and the little bits of success and stuff that we've had that sort of helped move things along was slightly spooky yes I, yeah. I tell you one thing and i wasn't joking when i said we should hire her just to come round houses if she can find <laughs> jewelry boxes in blanket boxes oh, um, yeah. and she knows where things are before she walks through the door that's a talent i want to get hold of that's um, not a talent i have <laughs> that's not a talent i have um but um yeah oh she was absolutely fantastic absolutely loved every minute of it now um obviously if you like that episode uh that you've just listened to Please do uh, like, subscribe, and write a review. Even name checking Jessica in the review if you want to, you know, say it was the best one we've done so far. Now, Simon, what else are you meant to be telling the lovely listener to have a nice day every week? Every week. Uh, no, what are you going to read? You've got an email. Have I? Yeah. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Just loading up my emails. Hang on, David. Uh, as a listener to the Gavel and the Gavel podcast, you can save thirty percent on your Antiques Trade Gazette subscription. Full stop. Capital letter. Subscribe <laughs> now and enjoy instant access to unrivaled art and antiques coverage. Go, my dear listener, straight to www.antiquestradegazette.com forward slash gavel. Sorry, I've been doing spellings with Charlie at home. is how you spell gavel. I think you'll find I have carried out my duties impeccably. There you go, David. I'm not sure the Antiques Trade Gazette going to be massive fans no, about that was No. But there uh, you go. 30% off at the Antiques Trade Gazette. And we will be back next week with uh, another uh, cracking episode and probably an interview at that. I'll see you soon, mate. Take care, buddy. Cheers, pal.
Oh, now you're in oh, trouble. Now, now I'm in big trouble. 